This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the five to eight shift podcast. So excited you're here today. I am losing my voice, but I wanted to come on here and do a quick introduction to my episode today. So today, I have a conversation that I really loved with Debernetta Howard. And so Debernetta Howard is the founder of Career Mom Community, and she came on the podcast to talk to us a little bit about planning. So I thought it would be a great episode to do in January. If any of you guys are like me, you are thinking about the year ahead, you're making some changes and building some new habits for you and your family. And so Debernetta is talking about all the things planning today. And I'm so excited because it's perfect timing. And so we have a great conversation. We talk about um, how to plan, where to start. And it's actually not where I thought, but she had some great points. Um, Where to start, like if you're completely overwhelmed and you're like, I want to plan ahead and I'm not sure what to do, Debernetta has some great tips. And so she talks to us about planning your week, planning your month, prioritizing uh, goals for your business, some things for your family, and then, you know, like those silly weekly things like laundry and cooking meals. And so it's really helpful. It's really insightful, but she does it in a way that's not overwhelming because I have hopped on some planning websites and blogs and things like that. And it's so, so type A plus, plus, plus that I find it's not very helpful. And Debernetta is like the opposite. So um, Debernetta Howard, I'm going to drop you into our conversation. Again, she founded Career Mom Community and she talks about at the end how you connect with her on her blog, on Instagram, and she does a lot on YouTube too, which is really fun. And so really, um, Great conversation, planning for the year, planning for your family. We talk about uh, purposeful multitasking, using technology to your advantage, and how to get your kids on board. So you're going to love this episode. As always, if there's something you want to do to help the 5 to 8 Shift podcast with Susanna McMonagall, a podcast for parents, two great ways. Number one, share this episode with a friend. If you're listening to it, there's a little button where you can text this to somebody, you can email this to somebody, you can post it on your socials. And as always, I am trying to get more and more reviews, especially on Apple, because it's one of the ways that they rank your podcast. So if you haven't left us a review yet, I'd love that. That's it. I'm dropping you into my conversation. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for being here. Debernetta Howard, welcome to the 5 to 8 Shift podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, you're going to help us be one of the first episodes in 2022. And so why don't you start off? Why don't you just tell us a little bit of your backstory? Awesome. I am so excited to be on the podcast today. My name is Debernetta Howard, and I'm the proud founder of Career Mom Community. Career Mom Community is a blog 
online support community and resource hub for purpose-driven mothers who are navigating their journey. For me, it's a little personal. I'm a mom of four. The okay, I was, that was going to be one of my first questions. Go ahead. Yes, the oldest is my bonus son. He is 20 years old. And then my daughter is nine, another daughter who is six. And my little guy is four years old. Hey. So the journey for me is extremely interesting. For one, it's not necessarily parenting. It's more so guiding. Mm. And then for the other three, that's full on parenting because <laughs> yeah. we are a whirlwind. <laughs> so that's a little bit about my story. And I found myself looking for resources to help me navigate my motherhood journey. I grew in my career pretty quickly. So I was navigating that. I became an entrepreneur wanting to help other women through coaching services, but I didn't see a cohesive message that was very holistic and well-rounded. Like I want a meal prep, but I have a meeting that goes until 8 PM or I want to get up and help my kids with getting ready to school, but someone dropped a 7 AM meeting on my calendar. So how can I really navigate through that journey of competing priorities and how can yeah. I juggle it all? Because I don't want to drop the ball at home, but I also want to make sure that I'm continuing the career growth and the forward momentum there. And that really just led me to start blogging on Career Mom Community. And that has grown to be a community of mothers on Facebook. I also have my YouTube channel where I share planning tips. Sometimes for me, I'm bumbling along the journey too, but I want to share yeah. that in transparency with other women so that they can learn what not to do just as much as what to do. So that's yes. a little bit about my backstory and my journey. Okay. That's so exciting. So, okay. So you have a nine or you said 29, six and four. So you, so we have six, three and 16 months. So, you know, that whole, like the younger kids, we are like right on that track and it's, it's chaotic. I mean, I find it to be a lot of fun, but you know, I wrote down what you just said, competing priorities, because, you know, I work outside the home as well. And I never want a ball to drop at home and I never want a ball to drop at work. And sometimes that's really difficult. So like when you started this community, was it an outgrowth of your own experience or were you also seeing other women struggle with the same kinds of challenges? Yes, I, it was a mix of both my own experience, but also I, I sent out a survey before I started the blog just to get a sense of, is it just me? Like, do I, yeah. <laughs> do yes. I need to do inner work? <laughs> but I heard a, like echoing of, you know, I, I want to be the best mom possible, but I also want to uh, grow in this area. So I saw that common thread that we were all just trying to make it work. We yeah. were trying to find some sense of balance and some sense of uh, success in different areas. So I knew I loved planning. I've always loved planners, like paper planners, old school yes. planners. And I said, you know what? This could be a starting point. Maybe I can share how I, I plan my day, I plan my weeks, I plan my months, just mm -hmm. so that I'm able to navigate my, my day, because it can be chaotic. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we may drop the ball. But if we plan, if we have some routines that we can fall back on, that can help us to navigate. Okay, so very exciting. You know, I, I want, you know, one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on at the top of the year is because I want to talk about planning. 
And I know because I've, you know, I've read your blogs and um, seen some of your YouTube videos and you seem to have a nice way of talking about it that I think feels informative without overwhelming because I've gone to some planning websites and I'm like, whoa, like next, like so far type AAA that it's unhelpful. And so that's kind of where I struggle sometimes because I consider myself a planner but I feel like sometimes it can be overwhelming, like where to start. So let's say there's a mom out there and she's, you know, she's like, okay, top of the year, how can I start to think about planning in a way that works for my family? Like, what is the first thing you would um, recommend a mom to sort of start thinking about if she wants to make this planning shift? Absolutely. Great question. I always say start with the end in mind. Okay. What are you planning for? Because it can get overwhelming. You pick up a, a planner, you pick up a Excel spreadsheet or Trello or whatever, and you're sitting there like, okay, well, where do I start? Do I start with what I need to do today? No, try to think about what is my ultimate goal here? Okay. What, what is the end state that I'm trying to get to? And it's going to vary. If you're planning for your budgets, for your household, okay, do we need to save more? Do we need to spend mm. less? What is the end state that we're trying to get to? If you are planning for just your lifestyle in general, do you find yourself flying by the seat of your pants, missing appointments? Maybe your goal is to become better at accountability, your consistency, and being timely. So think about what your pain point is or what you're looking to accomplish as a result of planning. Start there and then work backwards. So let's take, for example, the consistency piece. Yes. Perhaps you're not as consistent with your household chores or mm -hmm. activities for your children. No shame there. Start with that as an, an improvement point so that you can say, my goal is to at least be more timely and to have you know, the kitchen cleaned every, every night or something like that, whatever's gonna be relevant. And then make that a part of your daily task or your weekly task. So you started with your end in mind. What's my pain point? What do I need to improve? Or what can I do better? You thought about practical things that you want to do to get to that place. And then you make it a part of your lifestyle. It becomes a part of your daily plan. So if you pick up a paper planner or if you do things in Google Calendar on your phone, create a block that says wash dishes, sweep floors, whatever the tasks is but it becomes very practical and it's less overwhelming when you take it bit by bit piece by piece if you decide to plan your whole life yeah. <laughs> in one setting you're going to overwhelm yourself and yeah. then the next day you're going to wake up feeling defeated because you're supposed to be in the Maldives on an island somewhere <laughs> <laughs> enjoying <Yes>. life <laughs> but you're looking at a pile of laundry that has spilled over onto the floor oh my gosh. <laughs> welcome to my life <laughs> Mine's too. <laughs> but when you make it very practical and you give specific tasks that you can put on your calendar in a specific place, it'll help you to accomplish it. Now, say for instance, you wake up the next day and you did have a goal of doing the dishes, sweeping the floor, folding the laundry, but you were just so tired that you had to go to bed. That's okay. Prioritize it for the next day. Okay. So when you wake up the next morning, okay, Debronetta. I didn't check off my to-dos from yesterday. They are going to be my priority today. 
So planning doesn't have to be overwhelming. It gives you a place to start. Yeah. And if you find yourself getting off track with your routines or getting off track with your plans, it becomes a great record source for you to know where to start. Because someone, as you wake up and you're like, I just don't know where to begin. Yes. But you know, I can go back to yesterday and at least I can complete these few things. Yes. Okay. So you have my wheels really spinning now. So when you, when you look at, you know, everything from, you mentioned like budgets to long-term goals, like saving or a vacation or something like that to like household, do you put all of those things on the same calendar? Like if I opened your calendar, do you, you know, are you like, these are my three chores and this is our weekly budget meeting, or do you have different places where you kind of put the bigger categories? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yes, it does. Okay. And actually I have one planner that I consider a catch-all planner. Now for me, it's a little bit different because I share a lot on YouTube. So I, I have to manage the kind of content creation piece, but I do have a personal catch-all planner that I rarely share on my platforms okay. because that's where it gets more into the weeds of like my household. Like I don't want people to know the laundry hasn't been done in three days. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a catch-all planner that um, is a little bit more comprehensive of Debronetta. Like, okay. you know, my nails days, my hair days, um, when the kids have activities. So it's considered a catch-all planner. But I also have a planner for my business. That's a completely separate planner. And I try to keep that separate just so I can manage the expectations there because that's its own entity. And then the third actual planner that I have is a budget planner because we have a lot of ambitious budget goals. So that works for me to have three core planners so that I can separate out the thought process from my life, from the budget, from the business. Mm -hmm. But for some people that could potentially not work for them. Um, So you could have like your budget to do's in your catch-all planner. You could have your goals in your catch-all planner. The key there is to have a planner that's a little bit bigger. So like a um, Simply Yours Day planner or Aaron Condren planner. So there are different brands that are um, more designed for writing spaces as opposed to like the pocket planners, like the Louis Vuitton agendas or the small planners that you could perhaps get at Walmart. That may not be a good fit for you if you have a lot going on to use a smaller planner, use something that's bigger that has more writing spaces. Okay. Okay. And I want to go back to what you said about start with the end. So I was thinking about this recently and I'm very good at looking at the week and looking at the month, but then sometimes like my day to day is shot. Like I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, I know I need to accomplish all these things this week, but I didn't put it on a specific day. And the other thing is um, like, I have a friend who's really good at um, goal setting you know, she'll put yearly goals. I mean, sometimes she would put in all her vacation days for the whole year, the first week of January, because she is just, and you know, I'm really good looking at the month, but I'm not as good looking at the year. So like, what is, what is the value of like looking at the end and like working backwards in a way? Cause to me, I'm like, that's, that's September. That's too far. But then what happens is August rolls around and I didn't book so-and-so and now the school year is starting and the school's calling me because, you know, we didn't get our dentist appointment in or something. Um, and so like, what is the value of looking at the end? 
I'll say to me is very valuable. So think about it. We're at the start of the year, the year now. This is typically when we're all thinking, oh, you know, what are my 2022 intentions? My word of yeah. the year, the goals for the year. Yes. I mean, this gives us a good starting point to say, what does my year, what do I want my year to look like? I have a vision board, but I don't use the I don't create a vision board every year, but okay. I will do a brain dump at the start of each year. So some of the major activities I'll catch on a blank page, like a journal page in my planner. Sometimes I'll put it in my phone and I'll just think about, okay, this is 2022, you know, COVID kind of impacted some planning. I have to use a travel credit this year. Like what are the things that I just know I need to do this particular year? And it gives me kind of a benchmark to your point. If something is happening in September, it may be the cruise needs to get pushed to September. What do I need to do in between time to lead up to that? So if you miss kind of that in-between planning, it it can impact your in-state or whatever the goal is for September. And that can cause more stress in September. So it kind of gives you just that bite-sized piece to tackle your goals. The same is true for, um, you know, not just travel, but career or business. If you have a certain aspiration for your career by the end of the year, do I need to take certification courses? Because you don't want to get to the end of the year and say, I I wanted the promotion, but I missed a piece that I should have done in January. So when you start with the end in mind, it helps to mitigate the risk of forgetting. It mitigates the risk of um, not being timely so that you can be more prepared when you get to that particular place. So to me, I absolutely love starting with the end in mind. Now, if a full year is just too much, say for instance, someone listening just says, you know, that's overwhelming to think about the next 12 months. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what about the quarter, the next yeah. three months, the next 90 days? What would you like to do between now and the summer? Do you have a major summer plan or summer project? What can you do in January, February, et cetera, to get there? It just really helps make the picture more holistic. Yeah. And you'll start to see your life works together a little bit more cohesively when you think about the end in mind. Because if we think back to the competing priorities yeah. that I started out with, you'll see some conflicts. Maybe you wanted to take that trip in June, but now you have a certification course or something came up with your business and you need to travel for a client. So now you have to determine what do I do? So when you think further ahead, you're able to maneuver things on your calendar and within your life. So that works works together just a little bit better. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And there's a big project that I'm working on and I finally broke it down month by month. And I, and I'm so mad that I didn't do it earlier because I've now like carved out time each month to work on it. Whereas, so one of the things that like me personally, I struggle with is I always feel like I have a fire right here that always needs to be put out. So I'm a professor, you know, it's funny, all the college kids, and maybe, you know, this with your, with your older one, but like, they're always emailing me at like midnight. Right. So like I wake up and I have all, cause they're up all night, you know, they're emailing me at like 11, 12, one, and I'm getting back to them at like six, seven, 8 AM. And so I always feel like I have these fires to put up right in front of me. And so what happens is I end up spending too much time on these things that probably aren't priorities in the end, but they need to get done. And so when I've scheduled over the course of like monthly on this big project working on, I, it's easier for me to say, no, that's not a priority. 
right? And so how do you recommend, you know, if there's other people in that situation, you know, I mean, you know, you have four kids, the laundry has to get done. Dinner has to get made. Like there's things that happen every day or every week that sometimes I think can take away from some of our career goals or other things. So like, what's a, what's a good way to help prioritize things that can wait versus like really investing in some of those long-term goals? I've used this analogy in the past. Think about juggling balls, right? So you're a juggler now. We're all professional jugglers. Some of the balls in our hands are glass. Some of them are rubber. If we drop a rubber ball, it'll bounce and it'll just roll off. If we drop a glass ball, it'll shatter and break and create a bigger mess that we have to go back and clean up. So as you're juggling your priorities, what items do you personally deem as glass that will cause a bigger mess if you drop versus the items you consider rubber that you can go back and pick up later. Hmm. So I know it sounds like a silly analogy, maybe, no, but it's, it's great. helpful to think of it that way. Like if I drop something um, for work, it may cause some downstream implications to my mm-hmm. colleagues or maybe for myself later. Or, you know, can the laundry wait and I'll just pull an all-nighter and do them at, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock once yeah. the kids are asleep. So if you think about it that way, just pause and breathe. Okay, if I don't do this, what will happen? What's the worst that could happen if I don't do this? So for me, it's helpful to um, bucketize items that, okay, well, this can this can wait. Mm -hmm. Or let me go ahead and do this because it will have downstream implications that will cause either rework or more work in the end, which is something we just don't want to do. Okay. I like that. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful. I've heard the analogy, like, you know, if you have 40 balls and you drop one or two, but I've never heard the rubber and glass, which is so helpful because in the end, a lot of them are probably rubber, but there's probably a couple glass ones that we have to be really careful about. Um, so when we go, let me go back to like establishing some of these routines Number one, how do you work your kids into your routine? So like, do you have like the Debernetta calendar and then the family calendar? Um, are your kids like, do you ever sit down with your kids? I know, um, actually, they're probably a good age. Like, do you sit down and talk about the week? Like, how do you help esta- how do you help them establish routines that make sense as well? Yes, yes and yes. My children are a part of the catch-all calendar. Their school um, plans become a part of that calendar. And for my oldest daughter, she's, she's, (laughs) she remembers everything. (laughs) (laughs) So she helps me sometimes, mommy, this week I have X, Y, and Z. (laughs) So sometimes Sunday setups are great as well to just have the conversation with your kids or, you know, Hey, you have testing this week. Are you prepared? You know, what days are your testing? And it also keeps it fresh in your mind to just have that conversation with them, perhaps at the start of the week, if it's Sunday, when you're winding down Mm -hmm. or first thing Monday morning to think about their week and how it's going to work into your week. So that becomes a part of the routine. Now, our morning and afternoon schedules or routines in terms of what they do, my kids are old enough to remember that for themselves, Yeah. but I just kind of encourage them, hey, did you do your morning chores? They have a pet, so the pet becomes a part of the morning chore. (laughs) (laughs) So just kind of prompting them to stay on their routine as well. 
Um, for us, a part of our routine is our Alexa. It sets off alarms That's so that not only idea. helps them, but it helps me because we all hear the alarm. So and so it's time for class because my kids are in virtual school. Okay. So we leverage technology to intertwine within our routines because, you know, the chances of Alexa forgetting are slim. The chances of Debra <laughs> forgetting is high. <laughs> Great so point. we leverage what we can. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very, that's, that's funny and accurate, <laughs> especially in 2022, I feel like. Um, so I wanted to ask you how, so a lot of times we want to start new routines, right? So we realize there's a gap. We want to start new routines or new planning. Like, let's say it's like, get to the gym more or like read more. Like one of mine is I want to read more, right? What are some ways to make it stick? Right. So like, how can we say, I'm going to do this and I want to do this and I'm going to write down, but then like actually follow through. Like, what have you seen success in your business or in your community, um, really help people build these in and, um, you know, and last. That's a great question. I was coaching, um, two moms and that was one of their struggles was the consistency piece. And I said, make it practical. Like if you are not invested in wanting to make the change, you can plan for it all you want, but you just don't have that intrinsic motivation to get it done. And you want to make sure what you are setting out to shift or change is, is meaningful for you. So if reading is really meaningful for you, meaningful for you, then I would say work it into your open windows of time. Okay. Now, if you struggle with the open window of time, don't, don't time block it. And what I mean, so don't time block it. And what I mean by that is you um, say you want to read a certain amount of pages and you want to get it done at a certain amount of time. Look for windows of opportunity where you can get it done. So purposeful yeah. multitasking could be reading while you're waiting for your kids at the soccer field or reading um, over your lunch break while you're eating lunch. Maybe you're listening to the Audible book and you're having your lunch. So think about ways that you can work it into your life not carve out a specific time to get it done. That way you're seeing movement and yes. it takes, you know, what did they say? 21 to like a ridiculous amount of time to establish a habit. Yes. <laughs> so you want to give yourself time for it to become a habit. Now you're like, I want to read more. So let me listen to an audiobook while I have lunch. So it becomes a part of your life, not necessarily a new activity that you want to do. Okay. So use, you use that word purposeful multitasking, which I haven't heard before. Um, like, tell me more about that. So like, I'm very intrigued because it's like, you're adding in without adding in. So like, tell me, like, give me another example of that. Yeah. So multitasking in and of itself, like when you task switch, it can lead to rework. Like some yes. studies suggest that we shouldn't do it. Some people say that you should not here to debate that, but think about how you can work it into um, your life. So for me, I can't do two things that require a lot of thought at the same time, yeah. right? So I try to look for simple activities that I can put together, not necessarily big activities. So for example, if my son wants me to sit in his room with him, which he does, he's four. So I'm like, okay, well, mommy is going to, um, 
work on work in her planner while I sit here and you can watch your YouTube because he doesn't really want to do anything else. Yeah. So that's something that I can multitask and do. Or if I'm driving or commuting, I'll listen to a sermon from church because I, I maybe have missed it. So I think about ways in which I'm doing something that can be more autopilot yeah. and combining it with something else that um, will work to accomplish another goal. So I hope that makes sense. So I'm very intentional about what will work together versus what will cause me to get more um, confused or like, I don't want to um, work with my kids in their schoolwork and work on my work right? because that's not a good multitask, right? Yeah. I'm going to get frustrated. My child is going to get frustrated, but you know, we can do something together and I can do something just to be in their presence. So think about ways in which you're not going to conflict the two activities, but they can work together more seamlessly. Yeah. You know, and you reminded me, um, and at the very beginning of COVID, I bought a bike off Facebook marketplace, you know, it was cheap. The gyms were closed and, and that's really how I started listening to audible and reading all these books because I was on my bike, I was on audible and there was nowhere else to go. You know, I'm not like a worker out or my basement kind of girl, you know, uh, if it's summer, I like to be outside. And, um, but like, I felt like, you know, like I, I was, the, the book is autopilot, exactly what you're saying. It's not like I was trying to, you know, like there's some books I don't like to listen to because I like to take notes and those kinds of things. And like, those are not great audible books for me. But, you know, and that's how I, I read like three or four books that year. And so it makes a lot of sense. I also had, you're making me think I have this girlfriend from grad school and she was like the best 10 minute worker I ever met. Like if she had 10 minutes, she would open her laptop. She'd grade three papers and she'd close it and be on to the next. And I am not very good in 10 minute increments. I'm more like hour increments. So I'll find myself like, like if I only have half an hour, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work on that because half an hour is not enough time. Right. So then I just end up scrolling on my phone or being completely useless because I didn't have that long enough block. But I think, you know, you're, you're kind of, I think, challenging me to think about um, some of these other things we can do, especially if they, like you said, are on your end game, if it's reading or something like that, like there's no reason you can't read for 15 minutes. Right. But I'm always like, well, I, that's not enough to read a whole chapter. So I'm not going to do it. And then I feel like I'm the one missing out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Do it anyway. And you'll see the needle start to move. If we sometimes say, oh, well, this wasn't enough. Well, in that moment, it may have seemed like just 10 minutes, but at the end of the week, those 10 minutes added up to completing something. That's right. And I feel like that's, you know, it's a good reminder for me, but I feel like it also like kind of feeds into the overwhelm, right? Because if we take advantage of every 10 minutes, then you're right at the end of the week or the end of the month, you've actually, you've accomplished more than you, than you thought you would. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's the win that we celebrate. So we do it all over again. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So exciting. And I feel like what, you know, what you're sharing to Debernetta, it's like, there's a lot of opportunity to put, you know, cause like when I talk to moms who give me feedback on the podcast or something, like we have a lot on our plate, but when I really boil it down, a lot of it is things 
we want to do, right? Like, it's not like we're volunteering over here and we don't want to, like, we want to volunteer. We want to go to our kids' baseball game. We want to have a career. We want to have this in our home. And so I, I think it's, I think your message is really encouraging. We just have to be more mindful. Absolutely. And that would certainly be my encouragement to those that are listening to just be really intentional, be mindful. Don't let it overwhelm you. Start in those small increments because they really do add up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have two questions. I ask every guest at the end of the episode. And um, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite family activity right now? What are you guys? I know it's winter time, so it could be a little different, but what's some of your favorite, what's one of your favorite things to do with your kids? Card games. We Ah. are stuck on Uno and we'll do like blackjack because my six-year-old, she's learning like mental math and things like that. So it's really helpful. It's fun. And then we get to encourage them. And my son who's four, he's working on number recognition and all of the fun things. So um, it's been a fun game for us to kind of play Uno in different card games. And it's something we can do inside. And it's, it's really been a great activity. That's fun. That's fun. We're, we're just getting into the card game. The six-year-old likes it. Our four, our three-year-old is, he doesn't have the attention span, but I'm looking forward to that season. And the last thing, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you this up front, but I'll ask you that. Number one, like, why are you so passionate about this career mom community? I really believe this is what I've been called to do in this season. It brings me a lot of joy to see other moms really just rocking it out in their career and growing. I feel oftentimes, you know, um, women in the workplace, we've come a long way. There's still some opportunity for us to go further. Then you add in motherhood and sometimes the challenges that that can um, bring. But I really want to empower working moms to balance, grow, and succeed in life. And in doing so, I know that I too am empowering myself to continue on with my personal journey. So I think it's a combination of it being just really a passion of mine and just something that the Lord placed on my heart in the middle of the summer. I love it. (laughs) About two and a half years ago. Oh, I love it. I love when people step into their calling and their passion. And I I feel like it's obvious from the way you talk about it, that it's something that really brings you joy. So how can people connect with you? How can people connect with you, learn more about Career Mom Community and some of these great tips that you have? Yes, they can head over to careermomcommunity.com. There's a blog tab. You can read the blogs. I also have a YouTube channel, Coach D's Planner Life. And you can learn about all things planning, budget planning, travel planning, career planning, and lifestyle planning. So that is Coach D's Planner Life. And you can follow me along on social media. Facebook is Career Mom Community on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at Coach D underscore the career mom. Those are my major platforms. Okay, wonderful. Yes, and I follow a couple of them. And I just, you know, the other thing with planning is I think it's exciting, right? Uh, Minus if you can get past the overwhelm, it's exciting to think about budget goals or travel goals or like, like we always think about like parenting things, like what's one parenting, like we want to be 
calmer this year, right? Or we want to like have more fun this year. And so it's exciting to think about that and then have it come to fruition. So I just, Deborah, thank you for taking time out to be with me today. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Um, This was fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Oh, good. And I look forward to things to come from your platform. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.